Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When I was a kid, maybe 10 years old, we had a dog catcher in our neighbourhood. We called him the dog man. He would ride around in his white van and corral any stray dogs he saw into his van. He would take them to wherever people put stray dogs, I guess. He wasn't a bad guy. He armed himself with a kind word and a smile, proud of his duty of making our neighbourhood safe. One time, a German shepherd ran at me and started barking. The dog man pulled up in his white van. The dog didn't even wait for him to get to our side of the street. This huge dog skittered off with his tail between his legs at the very idea of the dog catcher. He ran up and asked me if I was okay. I told him that the dog knocked me down. He gave me a pat on the back and a warm smile, saying that he'd, quote, whoop him real good, unquote. I was a bit confused by this, but he ruffled my hair and went back to his van. Nothing really seemed off about the dog man. He seemed to be just another hard-working member of the community. He was very proud of his job. He sometimes bragged and told tall tales of catching prized dogfight ring champions with only his bare hands, a biscuit and a handkerchief. He seemed to be a lonely old man. Come to think of it, no one saw his family. He never mentioned them. No one even knew where he lived. No one thought much of it, though as he was just too friendly to hang out with constantly. Then the pets started disappearing. This worried everyone greatly. In a suburban white neighbourhood, pets were like furry children. Then people noticed it wasn't pets in general that were disappearing. It was just the dogs. I brought this up to the dog man and he seemed genuinely concerned, like he had just found out his friends had gone missing. He vowed he would, quote, get to the bottom of this, unquote. He no longer had his trademark smile. It was now replaced by a bold, steely look, with some identifiable, cloaked emotion in his eyes. Was it passion? Fear? He just got into his van and rode away. (laughs) 
My best friend Jeff, his dog went missing and he cried his eyes out about it. I tried to console him by saying that nothing could have carried him off since he was the size of a bicycle. I told Jeff that he would come back, that it was only a matter of time. I did my best to cheer him up. But the thing is, none of the neighbourhood dogs came back. I knew that, and Jeff knew that. I knew it was time to leave. I walked out of the front hall and out the door. On the way out, I saw something. A figurine of a dog. It was on Jeff's kitchen table, next to an envelope that read Ralph in rough handwriting. Ralph was the name of Jeff's dog. The figurine was surprisingly detailed. It looked hand-painted and depicted Ralph in his canine glory. Jeff's mum was standing near it, talking on the phone. She gave me a little wave as I passed and I waved back. As I walked out the door, I overheard something about no return address. I began my way back home. We live in a very small white house that is identical to all our neighbours' small white houses. I saw someone crouching over our neighbour's little black poodle. It was sleeping in the afternoon sun and hadn't seemed to notice the person sneaking up on it. I yelled out to the man and the figure spun around. It was the dog man. The poodle turned and saw that the dog man had been sneaking up on her, and she began yapping and running away. The dog man whirled fully around to face me and asked me if there was something wrong. I asked him why was he sneaking up on the neighbour's dog. He claimed he was just going to pet her. He seemed to be offended. He didn't seem like such a bad guy. This wasn't the guy who kidnapped Jeff's dog, I thought to myself. I hastily apologised. I explained to him that I thought he was going to kidnap her. His face turned to stone. He grabbed one of my shoulders and demanded to know why I thought he was going to kidnap the dog. It scared me, so I jerked out of his grasp and run away. I looked back and he was walking in the other direction, towards the forest. I went home and told my mother about how weird the dog man was acting. She consoled me and told me to go get some rest. I went to sleep and had nightmares about a horrific whimpering noise in the woods. That was silenced by a howl so loud, so loud, I swear it was right in my ears. It jolted me awake and I saw a figure of a man outside my window, walking with a bag slung over his shoulder. He turned as if he knew I was looking at him and turned his head towards my window. It was the dog man. He flashed a quick smile and headed off into the woods, slowly, 
deliberately and confidently. I tried to go back to sleep but couldn't manage it. The image of Jeff's dog rotting in some cave or out in the woods alone or wherever this sick fuck had put the dogs, it shook me too much. I had to know. I figured I owed Jeff that much. He deserved to know what happened to his dog. I snuck downstairs. It was midnight. My mum was fast asleep. I quietly put on my coat and boots and snuck outside. It was a clear night, so the moon would provide me with enough light, but I didn't want to take any chances, so I grabbed a flashlight. Better to be safe than sorry, right? I also took a kitchen knife. Again, better to be safe. I followed the path the dog man had taken into the woods, noticing the disturbing lack of sound. It felt like there was no animals out here, nothing but trees for kilometres. It felt oppressive, but I kept going. Eventually, after what felt like an hour of walking, I arrived at an old house. It was originally white, but half the paint had chipped off to reveal moulding and rotting wood. A crudely painted sign out the front labelled it as the Dog House. Thinking back, the writing closely resembled the writing on the envelope at Jeff's house. He was behind it all. That sick motherfucker had walked among us. He shared concern about the dogs that he was kidnapping. He pretended to be our friend. I had to know what was behind that door. I noticed it was half open and the light was shining through it. I wouldn't need a flashlight then. I put it away and crept forward. Although the outside was decrepit, the inside looked okay. It was sparsely furnished but not falling apart. There was an old TV playing a show about dogs on the Animal Channel. The volume was turned all the way down. I looked to the other side of the room. There was a large amount of dog figurines and some oil paints. He was repainting them to look like the dogs he took. Strangely creative for a psychopath. I looked over to the small kitchen unit. The only food he had was a half-empty bag of dog food. What was he eating then? Could he be eating the dogs? I pushed that thought from my mind. I noticed there was only one bowl on the floor. Only one. There was no dogs on this floor, and there was only one bowl here. He couldn't have been eating from it. That thought disgusted me. What was wrong with this man? Did he think he was half dog or something? His clothes were thrown on the couch. Good, he must have gone off to bed. His bedroom would likely be on the upper level. I could check the basement easily this way. As I approached the basement door, I heard a small, pathetic, whimpering noise. 
I hope it was Ralph. I headed down the spitefully creaky stairs and saw what would easily be the most horrific sight of my life. Dog carcasses littered the floor, huge bites taken out of their throats and faces. Some of them were skinned with their pelts hung up to dry next to their decaying bodies. I almost vomited at the sight and smell of it. The odour was so powerful I could taste it. There were a few dogs that were still alive, a bit grossly malnourished. One of them was the black poodle from my neighbour's yard. It was shaking all over. I looked over to the centre of the room and there he was, lying naked except for a mask of a border collie. On a pile of pelts was the dog man. He was covered in blood. I almost screamed. Thinking I was about to give myself away, I was relieved to notice he was asleep. Ralph was lying next to him unconscious and connected to a leash in his hand. The whimpering increased in volume as the dog saw me. The dog men were starting to stir. I would have to be quick. I crept over to the dog men and joisted Ralph awake. He saw me and started licking my face. I cut his leash and nudged him up the stairs. There was no telling where he would go now. Hopefully to Jeff's house, but anywhere was better than this. I heard a growling behind me. Not a dog growling. Human growling. I whirled to see that the dog man was awake and on all fours. I sprinted out of that basement so fast. It put Olympic athletes to shame. I could hear him behind me the whole way. Barking, growling, snarling and howling. Just when I thought I could slow down, I would feel his hot breath behind me and hear the painting getting closer. And then I'd have to push myself even harder. Somehow I made it to the edge of the woods. I looked back to see the dogman down on all fours, not wearing his mask anymore. He howled at the sky and trotted back into the woods. I blacked out. I woke up back home in my bed. It looked like it was approaching noon outside. How long was I out? My mum was sitting on my bed with me. She asked me what I was doing out in the woods in the middle of the night. She said this so sweetly, and so innocently, and so motherly, it broke my heart. I told her what had happened through my pathetic weeping. She told me it would be all right. That his bosses would be told and he wouldn't be a dog catcher anymore. That Jeff's dog made it home and he was okay. But the police needed to know where he lived. I told her I loved her and she said the same through tears of her own. Later that day, a search party was sent out, consisting of pet owners and policemen. 
They went into the woods and back to that goddamn dog Hal's house and they found it. They found everything I described. I think maybe five of the 30 or so dogs abducted made it out alive. And those dogs had been viciously abused by that monster. The only thing they didn't find was the dog man. They contacted the people who would have employed him. And they said there was no registered dog catcher in the area. As far as they knew, he never existed. No one ever got his name, so we could never find him. For all I know, the dog man could still be out there today. He probably still is. One of the reasons I'm bringing this up today is to help cope with it. I feel if I speak about it, maybe some of my fears and depression will leach out of me and leave me forever. Or something like that. The other reason I'm bringing this up, I recently moved in with my boyfriend. He is the nicest man in the world. And he has a dog named Tough Guy. I woke up one morning and came downstairs to find him crying on the couch. I asked him what was wrong and he said that tough guy must have run off during the night and he couldn't find him. But the weird thing was he didn't remember putting him out. My heart sank and my face turned to stone. He asked me what was wrong but I didn't hear him. I walked out the front door to the mailbox and checked it. I was hit with a wave of relief. Hopefully someone had seen Tough Guy run off and sent him to the pound or something. Maybe he was hit by a car. Look, that thought broke my heart, but it was better than what the dog man would have done to him. I walked back inside and realised I wasn't wearing my glasses. I walked back upstairs to the bedroom, already planning on a strategy to search for Tough Guy. That's when I saw it. There on my nightstand was an envelope. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.